Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Reza- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I- Allison, where did you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish. New episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm super excited to bring in my guest in a moment, but first I must check in with and catch up with producer Tony Thaxton, bad boy of podcasting. He was out last week on tour with his band Motion City Soundtrack, so I forced, although it didn't take a lot of cajoling, uh, guest June <laughs> Diane Raphael to pretend to be Tony, but now we have the real thing. Hello, welcome back. Hello. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was interesting to listen to. I like how she pretended like she didn't know who I was. <laughs> yeah. She was all, hmm, tell me about him when really you know that she's got posters of you in her bedroom. How exactly. did you feel about her, um, embodiment of you? Uh, you know, I, I thought it worked. It, it, uh, I took everything she said a little better than the subtly handsome comment from you, but you know. Wait, I thought that you, so so you did take that as an insult. <laughs> no, I just I just uh I can't let it go. I just have to bring it up every chance that I can just to uh make you feel awkward. <laughs> well, good job. I mean, the fact that I when she asked for a casting breakdown of you, the fact that I instantly went to how you look I felt was almost inappropriate of me because I'm like, he, you know, I'm, I like, I'm like, well, he's subtly handsome and blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, what am I even like, I should be talking about your personality, you know, except so I feel tr- like cast. Go ahead. The truth has come out. This is why you hired me back in the day. You were <laughs> struck like, by these subtly <laughs> handsome looks. That's right. I'm like, he'll learn how to do engineering someday. But the <laughs> handsomeness, it's so subtle. And yet in my face at the same time. The thing that I enjoyed about June's Tony, I told her that you felt like you were a little bit out of shape for the stamina required for drumming. And mm-hmm. so you had been like hiking and stuff. But I liked that her take on that was that you were counting your steps, wearing a watch, counting your steps, yeah. and also counting your points potentially on like Weight Watchers or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> she took li- it to such a literal place. I loved that. Yeah. I do like looking at the steps. I, will, I get a little obsessive about the steps sometimes, but none, oh. of, none of the other stuff, though. Do you have an Apple Watch? How are you counting your steps? No, just through, through the, uh, on, the, on the phone. It'll do it. You know, I don't know how accurate that is, but. Wait, I never I, I do look like at looking mine. Out of curiosity, the little heart, you know, the little heart uh, app. Where do I icon. find this? Uh, it's it's just, like it's one of the things in the home screen. But yeah, the I'm icon's just a little heart. Mine is going to be like fourteen steps. Let's see. <laughs> Wait, where? Why am I not? This is dynamic podcasting. <laughs> is it called Health? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Oh my God. <laughs> 
yesterday. You want to guess how many steps I took, Tony? Uh, let's see. Allison Rosen, I know you don't leave home much. I try not to. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, 452 steps. How dare you? <laughs> it was 700 and something. I can't find it now. <laughs> Sorry. No, I found it. 746. <laughs> By the way, you're looking at your phone. I'm watching our guest during all this, and she <laughs> laughed. She laughed at my guest and shook her head. And then when you revealed the real answer, she lost her mind. <laughs> in I know. In my defense, I ride an exercise bike every day. Not almost every. It was every day. I fell off because I was like, I just can't be bothered to actually get out of breath or anything. But I do that, and the and the phone does not track that. Right. So. You know, I don't know how that equates, but yeah, today I, it's been it's like two hundred and something steps. This is it's out of control, bad. <laughs> it's what it's, are you really What are you at, Tony? Today, yeah, uh, I ran some errands and stuff, so I think I'm I'm up there already today. I'm at uh, six thousand two hundred and forty-seven. Wow, because you're supposed to do ten thousand a day, so yeah. you've like almost art. And will you do the other four thousand today? We'll see. We'll see where the rest of the day takes me. I don't, I'm not sure God. what I'm doing yet tonight. A so. cliffhanger. Oh, boy. Well, listen, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I started this show in a little bit of a funk because I'm a little bit irritated with someone that we all know and love, my husband, Daniel, <laughs> and I haven't decided whether to just like snap out of it and focus or to talk about it. And I'm still, the road is forking right now. I, I still can't decide. But I'm feeling like the joy of the show is, is, uh, is pushing the annoyance away. So mm. maybe I'll just go with joy of show. Regardless. Ooh, we, have, we have a joyous guest today. We so. have a joyous guest, yeah. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to, we, we've had her on the show on a Thursday show before, but I've always felt like there's more than just Thursday show here. Uh, I am thrilled to welcome to the show. And by the way, I haven't, for, for female performers, I haven't decided yet whether I'm saying actress or actor. Because for a long time, I was saying actor. But then recently, I feel like people have gone back to actress. We'll find out from her which she prefers. It's actress, actor, writer, voiceover, performer, podcast host. She co-hosts the Scroll Down podcast, Nicole Thurman. Please put your, Sorry, I messed up already. <laughs> Please put your hands together for Nicole Thurman. <laughs> Hello, Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me on again. I'm so excited to catch up with you. Um, okay. Do you yeah. refer to yourself as an actor or an actress? I don't know. I think about that a lot, actually. I kind of go back and forth. I think on my website it says actress, but normally I'll say actor. But I feel like when you say actor, sometimes you get like a little like weird pushback from people. So then I just – I go back and forth is the long, long yeah. short answer to that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what actors a li- actor does still seem a little bit male mm-hmm. and actress seems correct but then if like it's comedian you just say comedian you right. wouldn't say comedian because that's right. dumb like nobody really says that so I don't know right but then like for waiter waitress now we just say server server and yeah. there's no you don't I don't think you really say like steward stewardess anymore some people no, probably you say do flight attendant yeah so yeah. Uh, let's uh, all get on the same page people because I. 
I mm-hmm. worry that if I say actress, that's like insulting. You know what? I don't want to turn this into a whole thing about language because you know people love that. But anyway, I'm delighted to have you back on the show. So Thank you. uh, you're in New York right now and mm-hmm. you have on your show, you have referred to this as your midlife crisis trip. Can you explain, <laughs> please? <laughs> I, it's not, I, it's, I jokingly refer to it as that because I, I don't know what else to call it. it. It was truly like I came here on vacation in June and then it was very nice to be not only not in LA, but just in New York again. I missed it. I used to live here. Um, and I was just like, I don't want to go back home. I don't mm-hmm. want to go back to LA. I don't want to be there. And so I just decided to like sublet an apartment and I've been just kind of like, I've been kind of going back and forth, but barely. I've been mostly in New York for the last three months. Um, and it's been really fun. I, I, so it's a little bit of like a little bit of a midlife crisis thing or like a, uh, just post pandemic, like, you know, post the worst part of the pandemic crisis, I think. <laughs> right. I don't, who knows when it'll truly be post pandemic. I know what you mean though. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it was like, it was a very, like, it was something I've never done. It was a very, like, spur of the moment, crazy decision for me. And so that was why it felt like a little bit of a midlife crisis or like, am I losing my mind? I don't know, but I'm just going to do it anyway. And it's been really fun. I'm so glad I did it. What's the aspect of it that is like a crazy thing for you to do? The going there, not specifically for work, like just saying, like, I want to do this for me. Yeah, like just deciding to like be somewhere because I want to be mm-hmm. is very rare for me. I feel like I don't really do that very often. And also, I mean, I didn't sublet my apartment, so I've been paying two rents for three months. Like, oh. I've just been like very like wild with my money, which I'm normally not. And then like just very like, yeah, I think it was mostly just making the decision to do something without planning it ahead of time. It was truly like I was here for four or five days in June. I came back to uh, LA for like two weeks. And then I went back to New York and I've been here since, I mean, been here since more or less, but yeah, it's just, it's, so it's been like very like, um, impulsive, which is not normally me. Normally I'll overthink something to death and then I won't come back. But the reason I, I think that I did come back is because I had already signed on to sublet this woman's apartment. So then I was just like, well, I guess I'll just stay. (laughs) I guess I will go back, you know, when you, wait, you mean you'd already signed on to sublet it for your return trip? Yeah, because like I was here in June from June mm-hmm. 5th to the 9th or something. And then I, in that time, I ended up staying, actually, I ended up staying two weeks long. I don't know. The whole thing has been just crazy. <laughs> the, the timing has been so crazy. And I even forget about it. But I was supposed to just be here the 5th through the 9th. Then I extended my trip through like the 19th. And during that time, I ended up subletting an apartment uh, in New York. And so then when I went back to LA, I just went back to like pack up some stuff and come back here. Got but it. I think normally like the way I normally operate, I would have gone back to LA and been like, that was stupid. Why did I think that I, mm-hmm. you know, needed to stay in New York, but I did it because I had already sublet the apartment. So I had already committed to it. And so then I ended up staying here. Right. Is there it anyone, was great, though. is there anyone in your life that thinks like this is a crazy decision? I no. don't think it is. I'm just asking. No, I don't think so. No, because like not even my therapist, like my therapist was like, my therapist told me I should do it because she was like, you seem so happy in New York. You should just stay there, like where you're feeling good and work with what's working. Like, why would you not stay there? You don't have anything going on. And plus it's like the working from home element of it made it all like so much easier. Like I, I did a job, you know, Mm -hmm. I worked a job and so I've, I've been working while I've been here and I did like, since I do voiceover, I can do voiceover recordings here too. Cause they said Jellystone that you did while you're there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did Jellystone and then I recorded another, I recorded, um, I guess I can say, I don't think it really matters, but I like, I'm on an episode of the Scooby-Doo show and that's really cool. And so I got to record it when I was here and stuff like that, but I was like, 
had these jobs in LA and I just asked my agent, like, can I just do it in New York? And they were like, yeah, of course. Cause actors do that all the time. I just forget, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't think anybody thought it was crazy. Everybody seemed to think it was the right idea. And I think that since I've been so much happier, no one's going to be like, that was stupid. Why did you do that? Like everybody's <laughs> right. like, that's a good idea. You obviously are happy. So why not? <laughs> and are you coming back though? Yeah, I'm coming back like next week, like very soon. Yeah. And next week, and then I'm, when I come back, I'm going to like, you know, sit, be in LA. I'm just going to like settle in, maybe find like a new apartment and like, but stay in LA. No, no plans to come back to New York anytime soon that I know of. So yeah. How, how come though? Yeah. How come I'm not coming back to New York? Yeah. It's hard for me. It's really hard for me because I feel like personally, like work is going to be in LA. So mm-hmm. I don't really, sorry, there's somebody honking like crazy. <laughs> um, but I don't really know how I would actually make life in New York work without a job. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, I know that I don't want to like write on a late night show. Um, uh, and those are, that's like the main option here, I feel like. Yeah. So unless there's something that's going to bring me here, it's hard for me to justify being here because I don't think like, even writing jobs are going to be remote for that long. So I, I don't know how much longevity living here would actually have. Cause last time I was living here, I was on a show. And then when the show got canceled, I went back to LA. And the only time I ever feel like coming here makes sense is for work. I think. I what know. show was that? Um, the opposition with Jordan Klepper. Oh, yeah. Comedy what, Central. What was yeah. your role on that show? I was a correspondent. Was that fun? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was, a, it, you know, it's hard job. It was hard. Cause it was like 2017 and Trump was, you know, fairly newly president and we were watching the news and watching like we played conservatives. So we were watching conservative news anchors and like Alex Jones and just like cuckoo bananas people on TV every day. Mm-hmm. And that was like how we would start our day and how we would end the day. And so it was a little bit it was stressful in that way. And working for late night is, a you know, it's a grind, but it was fun. It was I learned a lot, a lot, a lot. And it was I mean, living in New York was nice and being able to pay bills without stressing in New York was really nice. So yeah, it was great. It was cool. <laughs> so I, I think you and I have probably talked about it. Um, and I know the listeners know, cause it's a running, the running joke is that I never mentioned that I lived in New York because I mentioned uh-huh. it like all the time, but I lived in New York, um, from 2002 to 2010. Oh, and yet I say that I lived there for 10 years, but really if you do the math, I don't think that quite <laughs> adds up. That, that would be eight. <laughs> It was like eight and a half. I, so I yeah. round up. I, in my heart, yeah. it was 10. Um, and when I moved, and I, but I'm from California originally. And when I moved back to California, it was with this feeling of like, I'm not done with New York. Like right now, yeah. it makes sense for my life to go back to California. Um, yeah. But I don't, but I, I am in conflict about this decision. And then I came back and like pretty quickly, I met Daniel the man who I mentioned being annoyed with earlier, but aside from my, you know, momentary annoyance, like we're married and we have a house and we have two kids and, and then I got a a job that I liked and like things, it almost felt like the universe was like, yes, this is where Mm -hmm. you should be. Mm -hmm. But periodically I still think about like, I would like, I would love if I could somehow end up back in New York. Like that is, I, I, you know, I just think about how, kind of some of the happiness that I'm hearing from you. I think about some of just that, mm-hmm. just it, just waking up and walking to the market and just walking around town. I was just yeah. so happy in a way that I don't feel here for you. Mm-hmm. What is the, the happiness that you ex- like, what's it about for you in New York? 
Yeah. I really think that's a really big part of it. And somebody told me, I think it was my therapist. My therapist is a little hippy dippy, but I like her for that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but she told me something about like, it's something like similar to astrology, like where your like spirit is happier, like mm-hmm. geographically, there's like something that's it's some kind of thing. And I just feel like I've always been like this. Like whenever I'm in New York, people are like, oh, you like, you just seem so happy or you just seem so different. You seem good there. And I'm like, I am. And it's, you know, it's New York. So it's like, of course, it's got its downsides. I'm not saying it's perfect. No city is perfect. But I just personally feel like here, I'm automatically happier. Mm -hmm. Always. And for me, it is a big, a big part of it is like being able to like wander. Like I just miss that. I lived in Chicago for like eight years and New York on and off, like small, short amounts of time. But every time I'm here, it's just that, that feeling of like being able to get up and just like walk. Cause it's yeah. like, if I don't have anything to do during the day in LA, normally I won't go on a walk. I mean, I go to maybe work out, but that's not the same as just being able to like wander around, see cool things, see different kinds of people and different kinds of places. And so there's something to me that's really, really special about that. And I just kind of always feel inspired here. Like I, I, I just feel like I, I really do like, I don't, I don't, it's hard because people always ask me like, do you like New York or LA better? And it's like, each city has their own things. Mm-hmm. Like when my show got canceled here, my first thought was, let me go back to LA. It wasn't, you know, let me stay in New York as long as I can. It wasn't that. So I like both cities, but I just feel personally a little understimulated in LA. Yeah. And here I feel more stimulated, more inspired, more excited. My closest friend is here. My sister is pretty close. My family is from here. So this is a very long answer, but that's the answer. Oh, that's like okay. I just, I just, it feels more like me, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There, ju- this is so cliche, but there just yeah. is an energy that you feel there mm-hmm. on the street that I don't experience here. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's, it's just, it is that it's an energy. It's seeing different people. It's also like, after the pandemic, this is another thing that I didn't even think about was that I had been like, you know, living by myself, taping auditions by myself, which I've complained about on another one of your episodes. <laughs> so I won't do that today. But like I had been doing all of this stuff by myself and like LA is already so isolating, mm-hmm. but I was even more isolated because of the pandemic. And I think as soon as I came here and just got to like feel <laughs> people around me, yeah, it just felt I felt more like whole, like better. And I, I think, I think there is something to the energy of that. And it's, I know it's not for everybody. I mean, every time I tell people like, I love New York, they're like, it smells like trash. And I'm like, I know it does. And I agree with you, but I also just happen to love it. I don't know why, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's an, it's an energy. It's like a, it's definitely just like, it, it's my, it's my kind of vibe, I think. You mm-hmm. know? So I yeah. I, ha- I wasn't factoring in the, cause you live alone, right? Yeah. The isolation of living alone throughout the pandemic. I know Tony has talked a bit about that, although he has his beefy son. I know. He had a beefy (laughs) little son. What's his name? Bentley? Bentley? Yep. Good job. Yeah. (laughs) I remember things. Um, But yeah, he's a, yeah, I, I wish, I wish I was thinking about getting a dog because I was like, I started to feel like, I mean, I've always wanted a dog, but then I started to be like, this would help. (laughs) This would help me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was hard. And I think that I didn't even, I honestly, I knew I was burnout. I was definitely burnout. And I knew that because when I went to, uh, New York, I told my, all my agents, like I wrote them a thing and I was like, do not speak to me for 10 days. And like, if you do, I'm not going to respond to you. I'm not going to do anything for 10 days. Cause that's my big, I, cause I went to, a, a, you know, Connecticut and then came here and I was like, I'm going on a 10 day trip. And then 
I think that's when I realized how burnout I was. Like as soon as I landed, I went to Connecticut first to see my sister. And as mm-hmm. soon as I was in a different state, I was like, oh my God. You know, like I realized like the t- pandemic really did get to me, even though I didn't think yeah. it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't been anywhere um, mm-hmm. since this whole, the, the last trip I took actually was to San Francisco for SF Sketchfest, which is crazy to me that that was the same year that the pandemic started. Like time yeah. is all distorted. That's the last time I went anywhere. I have a feeling the second I'm traveling to somewhere, I, we haven't even done like a road trip or anything. I, yeah. it'll hit me just how, just how crazy this period of time has been. Yeah. I think it's, it, it it's almost like, it's like we got used to, um, I don't know, whatever, whatever you would call it. The, the I mean, the loneliness, the isolation, mm-hmm. or just being connected with people only through computers or however yeah. it was, we got used to that. But, but then when you realize, like, cause New York, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not, probably not the smartest idea, but they, they deal with the pandemic differently than LA does too. It, it's a lot more, I feel like it's a lot more casual here, but they take it, they take it like, it's like a little bit lighter here. Like people are, they're in smaller spaces together. Mm-hmm. They're wearing their masks when they need to, but when they don't need to, they're not. And it just feels a little lighter because of that too. There was that element of like in LA, everybody's far apart, but then they're also really stre- extra stressed out. That's interesting. You know? Yeah. Nothing yeah. about the pandemic feels light here. Yeah, it doesn't. Nothing about it doesn't. masking. Nothing and like about when people come it. here from LA, like I had Marcella, my co-host, she came here to do um, a stand-up show. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about like, well, you know, they don't even wear their masks, blah, 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 wherever it was. And I was like, well, yeah, because, you know, they say if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear it there. That's why. And I, it was just even hearing that. I feel like you hear that more in LA than you do in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the, the energy of like being frustrated uh is weirdly more present with the pandemic in LA. Yeah. In regular life, it's New York, you know? Right. Right. I know hearing about anything being lighter there is like uh, taking me a second to catch up because that, that was my one gripe about New York was that I, I found that people were very, even though they were drunk often, they were, it was just a very sober city, like very serious, you know, and everything was, was, hard and intense and serious um whereas california there were you know like where i the magazine that i worked at in california it was very silly and collegial and kind of absurd and some of that is just the difference in the magazines but i don't know i i i I wished for more lightness and silliness in Mm -hmm. in new york and i think i remember talking to my landlord at the time who was like who her feeling was that it 9-11 really changed the changed everyone like if you Mm -hmm. had been here before 9-11 you might not find it as sobering somber yeah yeah i don't know that makes sense i mean when were you here like closer to when 9-11 happened yeah or? i was there um so i remember i made my dec- I, I woke up september 6th because i remember that september 6 2001 and i'm like i'm gonna move to new york and then 9-11 happened and i thought maybe i'll wait a little while um but then i i did end up going in may of 2002 so it was shortly mm. after Oh yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That that was probably a pretty intense time. Yeah, and yeah. I, I mean, it is like it is generally a more serious city. But I always make I always kind of joke that um, people in New York seem mean, but they're nice, and in mm-hmm. LA they're nice. Yes. They're, they seem nice, but they're mean. Yes, <laughs> I think it's just all just like how people are presenting. I don't know why, because for me it's like I feel like I I meet so many people and I end up in so like. I very quickly become a regular anywhere. I mean, that's kind of just also my personality where I talk to people a lot. And so then mm-hmm. they always like know me, but I feel like it, it, 
I feel like there's a like a nice energy, like a nicer energy here maybe than there was. Maybe mm-hmm. people were a little bit less intense. It doesn't feel as intense to me as it did. Right. I mean, even just from living here before. Anytime. Right. Yeah. I feel like people say that the sort of the veneer about the South and yeah, the, and North as well. You know that people like people are so polite in the yeah. Southern states, but that it yeah it can be a veneer. Yeah, there's that kind of like bless your heart yeah. vibe that's there. I yeah, I feel that for sure. I mean, I because I feel like I'm a type of person that like <laughs> if there's like somebody that everybody thinks is nice, but I know that they're mean. I'm like they're mean. Like you can just t- I can always mm-hmm. t- kind of see behind the veneer. Yeah. Um. And so that's why I always say that about L. A. I don't think people in L. A. are mean. I just think that they say way nicer things than they actually mean. Yes. And in New York, they say things in a very blunt way. But they're not necessarily being mean. They're just being blunt and they're that's just how they talk. Right. So I think, yeah. And like the South is like that too where they do the like, you know, they talk everything's very sweet and honey, you know, but it's like they don't always mean it like that. It's, <laughs> it's BS in a way. Yeah. Remind yeah. me where you're from. Um, from Kansas. From Kansas. And so then when did you move out of Kansas? Uh, right after I graduated college, I moved to Chicago. And I was, th- I was in Chicago for eight years. And then you should tell people it was 10. I know, right? I pretty much, that's what it felt like. It was pretty much 10. So, what was your childhood like? What was my childhood like? Yeah. Um, it was good. I mean, you know, my parents were divorced. So it was just us and our mom. Um, and we lived in, we, we didn't, we lived in like suburbs of Kansas City and just kind of, you know, had a very suburban Midwest life. Nothing too exciting. Trying to think if there's any fun stuff. <laughs> there's fun things that happen, but I don't know. <laughs> when you say we, you mean you and your sister? Do you have yeah, two sisters. Siblings? Two sisters. Yeah, two younger sisters. Okay, yeah. so you're and the eldest. My overalls keep falling. Off. Yeah, I'm the oldest. Uh, I don't. I feel like they don't treat me like the oldest, but I am technically the oldest. <laughs> like in what they're way? Kind of like fuck off. Like they're just like they don't really like. They're more. They're we're pretty close in age, and so they're you know they like to be. They like to be. Uh, the smartest ones as well. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah. But yeah. Two sisters. And they both like my middle sister lives in Kansas City now. And then my youngest sister lives in Connecticut. Um, yeah. So we're all over the place. Were you guys competitive growing up? Um, I guess maybe competitive would be what it was. Because maybe it's like we were – I think that our family like – our whole family is kind of like this where we always want to like know the most things and like be the smartest <laughs> ones, but we're all very different. So it's kind of like we were competing to be the smartest, but we all have our own little areas of expertise. But yet, like if anybody, you know, if you try to like kind of tell anybody how to do something, they're like, like, I know how to do it. I can figure it out. You know, it's like that kind of energy. So like a little bit competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we all, we all do pretty different things. Like I do, I mean, obviously actor, comedian, whatever. And then my sister, my middle sister is really good hairstylist. My youngest sister is now a writer. And so we all kind of have our own lanes that we were in, Mm -hmm. which I think is good because if we had all been in the same lane, it would have been super competitive. I am realizing that when I introduced you, I spent so much time being like, do we say actor or actress now that I didn't even, I don't even think I mentioned comedian. Like, yeah, I'm so sorry if I forgot well, I never to say know. it. It's okay because I never know to say that or not either. And I think I might have even taken it off some of my bios because people always ask me to do stand up and I'm like, I don't do stand up. I do improv. 
I'm a funny person. I I only do comedy when I'm performing, but like I'm not a so I, I think that's a comedian, right? I don't even think I know what a comedian well, is anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I think a stand like I've had that happen with me where people assume I do stand up, and I have yeah. done stand up like twice, maybe a handful of times. But I definitely don't. It's not my. I don't. I don't do stand. I'm not a stand up. That's a right. whole thing. Right. Um. Have you ever done stand up though? No. No. I'm terrified of it. Really. I've done like storytelling, and that's. I was like, that's pretty easy. But for some reason, the idea of stand up terrifies me. It just seems too high pressure. Like everybody's yeah. looking at you and wanting you to do badly is what stand up seems like to me. Yes. But like improv, everybody's looking at you and they're like, how are they doing this? So they think <laughs> you're amazing no matter what. Like I had a shitty show like two weeks ago here and this person wrote to me and was like, you had such a great show. And I was like, <laughs> I was terrible. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but yeah. So stand up. No, no stand up ever. And no. it was an improv show. It was an improv show here. Yeah. It was fun. I've done like I did second city when I was in Chicago as a performer there mm-hmm. and um, I feel comfortable in that world. I think it's because also because improv is like you're like sharing, you know, ta- a stage with people and you're all collaborating. And right. if you're ever kind of tanking out, somebody's going to come in and save you. There's never going to be a moment where you're like left hanging while the audience throws tomatoes at you or something. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. They'll save you. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. How does it feel performing shows in New York right now? Uh, I only did the one and it was fun. There were a lot of people there, which was good. Um, I think the energy of any live show right now seems really positive. I just, I don't know. Cause I haven't, I mean, Tony, you just did like amazing concerts. Like, I don't even know. I really want to go to a concert and see what that would be like. Cause like the show felt great. I mean, you know, the audience was great. It was a packed house and people are, you know, enjoying it. Um, I don't think they were wearing masks, but I can't remember. But you I felt feel like safe. they probably. I did. I mean, I think I, I'm pretty, I feel like since I got vaxxed, I feel a lot more safe just in general. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I really need to come around to this idea that like the vaccine will, cause I believe the vaccine will protect me, but I'm still trying to not get COVID and I need to well, yeah. adjust to the vaccine will protect me from getting super sick. And the trade off is if you want to live your life, you might get COVID, but it's not going to, but my, but I have unvaccinated kids. So that's what's scary. Yeah. I have it. In, I have this like signpost in my head that once they're vaccinated, then everything c- can change. Cause I'm still, yeah. I just don't know. I, and I don't think, like I've talked to other people in LA who haven't had this experience, but I had the experience of, I know a lot of vaccinated people who got it and who spread it. Like it kind of whipped its way through a bunch of who people. Who spread COVID? Yeah, to other vaccinated people. Um, so, but that was at the beginning of Delta and Delta has definitely waned. But I'm, but that's what made me go, okay, I need to lock down again. But it's like the case yeah. rates are low now. So I don't know. Yeah, California. I know it's hard for really me to good. tell. Yeah. What's that? Oh, I just, California is doing really good with that now. Oh, and plus, I know a lot of people that did get it that were vaccinated and like everyone was like, I just kind of didn't feel good for a couple of yeah. days. And yeah, that was it. So, yeah, it seemed it's I, I was so scared of COVID. And then when I got vaccinated, I felt way less scared. And then when Delta came out, I was like, oh, my God, like, what are we doing? We can't do anything. But um, I've only, I've known a couple people that have gotten breakthrough cases and that idea of it is scary. But at the same time, I feel like. For the most part, it's like I'm not typically like at crazy, you know, 
in crazy close proximity to a ton of people all the time. I'm trying not to be like risky, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I definitely have gone back to living my life more, but it's like, if I'm on the train, I'm going to wear a mask. I still do the sanitizing. I still try to do like, try to be careful around just like how you would if like a flu was going around. Like, I don't want to get it. So I'm going to make sure to try to stay away from it. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to say because yeah, it's like everybody's kind of dealing with it differently. And I do feel like, Oh, I mean, a lot of people are getting it, but if it's like, but it's also like the thing about COVID that always scares me is like, I don't know. It's not, you never know how bad it's going to be. Like it could right. be a cold or it could be death. Like it's like, that's the, the range is too broad for you to just like not care about it anymore. Right. You know, I know yeah. it is. And, and I had become kind of sanguine about it. Like, well, if we get it, we get it. Um, I'm back, you know, we're vaccinated. The kids are very low risk. And then we had a babysitter who texted me when she got home that night that her brother who she had seen the night before just lost his sense of smell. And then they did a rapid. So anyway, she ended up not getting it. Someone else in her family did. And that person got pretty sick, but they're fine. But anyway, just that experience of those two weeks where we were like, I think we've been exposed was enough to make me go. I actually am not, I don't feel okay with potentially getting it. Like I, this is too scary. Even though we were, yeah. everyone was fine. Like yeah. everyone was fine. But what I took from it is anxiety. Yeah. I mean, I had a friend who got it and he, it was pretty, it affected him a lot. And I don't know if it was Delta or if it was actual COVID. I don't know if you can tell the difference anymore, but like, I don't want that. Like, right. I, don't, I don't, and like, he's still like, you know, cause I was, I said like, have you been working out? And he's like, not as much because COVID has made it me like get really winded really easily. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. Like you don't know what the after effects are or anything. Right. So it is a little bit, was your friend, it is a little bit scary. Was he vaccinated? He was vaccinated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. that's so, ah, I know the unpredictability. I know. I know. Um, okay. So you grew up in Kansas with your two mm-hmm. sisters. You all had your areas of expertise. What would you say yours is? Mine's always been like, mine's always been like performance, I think, and like music and, and acting and, you know, mm-hmm. just being like, and we're all just, we have very different personality types too. So like, I mean, I played sports. We did all play sports, um, soccer and stuff like that. But yeah, that was like, I always kind of did like, I played the violin from like fourth grade on and like sang oh, nice. in the choir. And I don't think either of my sisters did that, they, but well, one of them played cello for a little bit, but like they, you know, they, they weren't really like super into that stuff. And I always was. So when yeah. did you realize that you wanted to um, be a performer professionally? Uh, my senior year of high school. It was this crazy thing, too, because I was, like, really shy when I was younger. And so I never could have imagined that that would be something that I would be drawn towards. But I, for some reason, still don't even know why I did it. I took a drama class in high school. And the school I went to was a pretty good um, theater and music school. Um, and so... I just got really into it. And by the end of senior year, I was literally sitting at a desk crying to my drama teacher. I was like, I want to be an actor and I want to study theater, but that's not like, you know, stable. It's not a real job. Nobody does that. And she was like, if that's what you want to do, you have to do it. If you can't think of anything else you want to do, you just have to do it. And she's the one that convinced me to study it in school because it was like, who, why, why get a theater degree? Who gets that? And what would it even do? You know? Right. So I, I was, um, but that's when I realized I wanted to do, that's what I, when I realized this is what I want to do. It wasn't like, I feel like a lot of people in their 
famous or like whatever they, when they're successful, they always say like, I knew when I was a baby and I sang in front of, you know, I did not know that. I was always shy and awkward. And then suddenly I wasn't. So there <laughs> was just suddenly so- that's what I wanted to do. And so there was just something about that class that made you go like, oh, this is for me. Yeah. It was the way the school that I went to functioned was it was like, the first year was drama. The second year was stagecraft. The third year was something else I can't remember. And then the fourth year was actually co- a comedy improv troupe that you had to get into. And it was so, I think it was just because we got like the full experience and we did musicals and we did plays and we just got to do so much. I think that I realized like, this is just, I was just having so much fun. I think that there was something that like, cause I used to be terrified to sing in front of people. I'm not now. I used to be you know, I used to be so shy. I'm, I'm not shy now, but I'm like anxiety ridden inside, but you can't tell outside. So that's fine. You know, like, but it's like, it's interesting because it's like, it just like, I don't know. It just got somehow something opened up in me. And I was like, this is what I have to do. I want to do this. It's the only thing I can think to do. Even now it's like, if my career isn't going well, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know what the hell I would do if I wasn't doing this. I, I got nothing. You know, did you ever have other, before you decided acting was for you, or performing, did you have other like, oh, I want to be a this or I want to be a that, like when you were little? I don't remember. I remember um, wanting to be a teacher, like, but I don't know what kind of teaching I would have even done. I think probably I had thought, you know, English or something, mm-hmm. but nothing. I had never, my family, like my mom was a teacher, my grandma and my grandpa were both teachers. And so I think that's kind of in the blood. And so I wanted to teach but I don't remember ever being super passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And that was even something like when I was studying theater in school for maybe a year, I was like, oh, I'll just be a theater teacher. So that way I can actually do this and just enjoy it. Um, and so I studied some like theater education, but I just, it was not for me. <laughs> when you said the way that your school worked, like the first year is this, and then by the end is a comedy trip, are you talking about the program you did in college? It was high school. Oh, high that, school. oh that was all in high school? Yeah. And it was a public high school. It was just a good school. I don't know why. I don't know. I think it was just the teachers. That's that so great. Wait, did you really like, good. were you on a specific theater track in high school or it was like, that's just how the drama program was in your high school? That's how the drama, it was like, if you were, when you're in math classes and you're like algebra, yeah. geometry, oh, right. you know, I it see. was the same kind of thing of where every year was a different type of class. The only one that you had to actually audition for or be like, uh, a, you know, to to work to be in was the senior year class. Got it. And if you didn't get in that, then you didn't take drama senior year. That's amazing. Have yeah, we all been cool. sleeping on Kansas high school's theater program? I guess, right? <laughs> it was so, and it was weird because it was like I transferred to that school from a different school. And I think that I had transferred there. I don't, because this is like, it's like a weird memory of like, why did I, you know, it's one of those things where it just was how I always was. And so I never thought about how I got there, mm-hmm. but I'm like, why did I want to transfer into that school? And I think it was for orchestra because they had a good orchestra program too. Like for orchestra violin. was the same way where you were in, they had the regular orchestra that you could be in. And then they also had strolling strings. Oh, what we, is like, that? We like played gig, we played gigs. And so we would go to, I don't even know what they were, but like conventions where people had hired, you know, a string group to play. And so we would go in there and we'd play like pop songs and the oh Beatles. My God. And, and then we would play at the mall during the holidays and play Christmas songs to people. And so, yeah, it was, it was the same kind of thing where it was just for some reason at that school, the arts were just really good. 
And it was a public school. It wasn't anything. They didn't specifically make it. It wasn't a magnet. It wasn't any of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. But they just, I think the teacher, I really do think that the teachers there were just that good that they wanted to make the programs really good. I don't know. Um, And Nicole, the strolling strings, which that is Mm -hmm. like my favorite thing I've heard today. Uh You were playing violin with the strolling strings. Mm -hmm. We play violin. You were, uh, it sounds like you were pretty good. Yeah, I was first chair in the orchestra. Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do you play it all anymore? I do. I do, but I truly, like, I kind of capped at high school uh, skill level. So it's like I've played in shows, like, in uh, when I was at Second City, I played in a couple shows there. But I I can play pop violin. I can't. I could I could never, like, actually sit down and bust out classical stuff. That's so well. cool, though. Yeah, I love it. I, I Violin was another thing where when I was younger, I wanted to play it from, I mean, I think I was very young when I said I wanted to play the violin. And then when I finally got to, I was so excited about <laughs> it. So, yeah, I'll always play violin, even if I don't, you know, ex- like, can, like yeah. excel with the word, get better at it. If I just kind of stay at the same level, I'll always play. I so- love it. I took violin lessons for, I want to say maybe a year when I was mm. in, I think, first grade. I remember my teacher's name was Mrs. Preckle, like Freckle with a P. Mm. Uh, and I loved all the accessories. Like I loved the resin. Or yep. d- is it rosin? Resin. Resin. But I think mm-hmm. it's spelled like rosin, right? Uh, whatever. Oh, it is rosin. It's I'm rosin, but it's spelled like resin. Talking about weed. It's rosin. It's rosin. It's fully rosin. Not even sound like resin. It's rosin. Okay. Yes. The thing, like the little cube that you rub your bow on and the yep. various little like shoulder things pads. that go on your shoulder. Yeah. To yeah. hold shoulder the rest. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Because I, I remember there was like some that, you know, attached to the violin in different ways. But my memory is that it really kind of, for me, hurt my neck, chin, shoulder area. And I remember Mrs. Preckle showing me that you should get to a point where you can just hold it there comfortably without even having your hand on it. I bet you were really good at that. Yes. And actually, that's really funny. I think that's such a like orchestra teacher thing to do where, yeah, I can walk around and hold the violin just like I'll just be walking around like this. And, you know, strolling strings, you also get used to walking and playing. So it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like anything. Right. My friend who plays classical violin, she has a mark right here, like a permanent scar more or less Ouch. on her chin from playing violin from her um, chin rest. So yeah, I think it's, it's just, you get used to it. Have you ever seen, or have you ever known uh, people who are advanced in ballet so that they're on point uh, in toe shoes, point shoes, and they can stand on their toes even when they're not in shoes. Yes. Like, how do you do that? And their feet are just crazy. Too. They're so battered <laughs> because true. they've been on those like blocks of wood on their toes. Yeah. So yeah. they're, it's my friend does point ballet and her, her feet are crazy like that. Yeah. It's insane. It's just, I mean, it's muscle memory. It's also just, you just don't even, it, I think it is. It, I don't remember it ever being painful for me mm-hmm. to hold the violin, but you just, if it, it whatever was, you just forget it and your body just starts to do that naturally. And like yeah. I said, my friend has a scar on her chin and she doesn't, it's not painful for her to play violin now. It's just part of her face. <laughs> right. She's got her own callus <laughs> yeah. that helps her. Um, mm-hmm. What was your experience like uh, growing up biracial in Kansas? It was, it's interesting. It's interesting because. For some reason, this is what I always say. I just don't remember it being a thing until I went to Chicago. Oh, that is is interesting. But growing up biracial in Kansas, I'll answer the question, was, uh, you know, it was one of those things. Okay. 
I remember like there were these kids on the bus and they were always I because I never I never thought of myself as a kid that got bullied. I wasn't really bullied, really, really I wasn't. But like I would ride the bus with these like dumb you know boys and they used to be like hey high tower how's the weather up there because i was tall mm-hmm. and i was like you're funny um <laughs> but then this one kid used to call me oreo all the time mm. and i told my i remember telling my mom once like this kid calls me oreo what does that mean like is it a funny nickname she's like no it's not funny dude that's not okay that he calls you that and yeah. i was like huh you know like that's when i remember like it was only little moments like that and then of course everybody assuming you're adopted always because your so, mom is white. Because my mom is white. And mm-hmm. it's still – I'm. St- it's so ingrained in me that when I walk up to her in a store, if she's at the cash register, I'm like, I'm her daughter. Like I'll usually clarify pretty quickly. Like I'm not just some strange woman walking up to her. Or like, Because <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, you walk up and you're like, mom, can I you – know, I don't think I would – you know, just if I'm just talking, right? I didn't even have to say mom. But if I walked up and started talking to her – a cashier would look at me like I was crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then my, you know, we'd be like, oh, that's my mom. That's my daughter. And then everybody assumes you're adopted always. Um, I even remember I drew a picture of like my family when I was a kid and I wrote me not adopted. <laughs> <laughs> I think I feel very lucky that for the most part, I don't remember feeling othered too right. much, but I do have those little moments that like come in and out that I remember. And then, you know, obviously just having your white mom try to do your hair is <laughs> an experience. Um, cause uh, she was not good at it and I was the, you know, the first kid. So <laughs> what did she, how did, and she I have very it? thick hair. We're, we're black, white and Jewish. So we have like the thick, you know, we're, we're born with a lot of hair. especially me, I have the most hair and like my mom would be combing my hair. And at one point it was, I had a really bad tangle in the back that she mm-hmm. could never get out. And so she just cut it out. Oh, so cut you just had short hair. hair. I just had short hair in the back. <laughs> so yeah. Um, little things like that. But I mean, for the, for as far as like, as far as like being in Kansas goes, I don't remember it being that, that wild, but I mm-hmm. do remember those moments of, of feeling like weird, you know, the Oreo, the implication yeah. being that you are black on the outside and white on the inside. Yeah. And I didn't even know. I thought I thought he meant Oreo actually as like, oh, you're a black and white person. So I was like, well, that's accurate. So what's the problem? <laughs> but it is that. Oreo is when you're black on the outside, but you're white on the inside. Like the way I talk mm-hmm. is quote unquote white. So then I'm an, I would be an Oreo to an ignorant person. <laughs> because it. yeah, because they're like, you, you look black, but you sound white. And that's weird. And we don't like that. We don't understand it. So why are you like that? Or like you have a white personality type. And I, I do like, I was in speaking of like, um, high school drama. There was a time where there was like something that came up and a teacher was asking if it was offensive to black people. And I was like, well, I don't think, and they were like, no, 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 not you, her. You're not really black. Like that kind of thing. Oh, how did that feel? Uh, I mean, frustrating, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. But at the time it's like, I don't think that I had, I would almost say like the context clues to even know what that, what that was, what that meant Mm -hmm. because growing when you get older and I also, you know, raised by a white mom, my black, my dad was, um, he was not in our lives. They got divorced very young and he, you know, had issues. So like they weren't, we barely ever saw him. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we didn't see our black side of the family. 
And so we kind of grew up in an I don't see color household, uh-huh. which is not very healthy for black children <laughs> to grow yeah. up in because you can't really you can't really not see color when you are a different color. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really oh, but I also I didn't necessarily always know how offended I should be by a statement like that, to be honest with you, because I was like, I get OK, that's I guess. Sure. You know, like, I don't know what that means, but whatever. Seems right. Weird. Right. Um, but then when I got older, you know, then you realize like black isn't a stereotypical idea of like a drug dealer on TV. It's not that black Mm -hmm. is this whole entire spectrum of people. And to say someone's not black because they talk like I do or have, you know, or like rock music or whatever it is, that's racist. You know, I didn't know that until I was older. Well, it's interesting when you said that you have a white personality type, I was thinking, (laughs) Oh, well, what, what does that mean though? Well, I mean, I talk, I talk quote unquote white, but it's because, because I, I, I only say that as like, for what people would stereotype me as or categorize me as. Mm-hmm. Um, like on a casting think- breakdown, like how Tony would be subtly handsome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they'd be like, they'd be like black, but doesn't know it. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. That would be my breakdown. No, um, no, my, it's just, yeah, because it's like, um, Talk white is like the the idea of it is the same thing of stereotyping mm-hmm. of like stereotype. What do white people sound like? What do black people sound like? Got what it. does you know it, that? And that's the thing is like you know people even now. I mean people still you know I'm an adult. I'm in my 30s and people will be like, "Are you British? What is your accent?" And I'm like, "It's not an accent. I'm literally from the Midwest where there is no accent." So it's You're just strange. like you know it's just that weird way of people see you. And then they have this disconnect of what they think you're going to sound like and then what you sound like. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, Sashir Zameda did a really funny bit on that, too, of I think it was like uh, voiceover commercials. And she was making a joke about how how they wanted her to read it versus how she would read it if she was just reading it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's it, it is such a thing where it's like, they you know, they're stereotypes of black and white people. And so when you're both, you know, you get, oh, you're not black you talk white and it's like both of those are stereotypes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And so then you said that you never, you weren't like super, you didn't think about it a lot until you got to Chicago. What happened there? Yeah. Because I was, like I said, I grew up in a house that was a little bit like we, we don't see color. And so I always felt, I didn't think I was black. I didn't think I was white. I just thought I was Nicole. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm not. <laughs> but, you know, you're not. You present to the world a certain way and they're going to see you a certain way. And that's OK. It's, it's part of, you know, the nature of the beast. I mean, I don't I have thoughts about that, but it's like it's part of the nature of the beast. And so when I went to Chicago, Chicago is a very segregated city. You know, the south side is predominantly black. The north side is predominantly white. I, you know, lived more in the northern side mm-hmm. and with, you know, and I had a lot of like white friends and um. I, it was more of like, it was, it's hard to say. It's like more of like less, ex, it's, it's something that is weird because it like, it ruffles a lot of feathers when mm-hmm. you talk about it, but it's just the truth. Black people don't necessarily always accept you when you're biracial and a lot of times don't. And then white people also do not in different mm-hmm. ways, different ways. You never quite fit into either one, but in Chicago, it felt that ruffles like, feathers to acknowledge oh, that. Yeah. Cause that's, I think so it really does. And yeah. Interesting. I think because that seems so like obvious. It does seem it does to me, too. It seems obvious, but I think I don't know why it would. I just think it's like people don't want to. People think Oh, I think it's you know what I think it is a lot is that um, 
there's a lot of this, like it's been happening a lot on the internet too, of like people kind of mocking biracial people for talking about this, (laughs) for for talking about um, feeling um, kind of lost and Uh not having an identity one way or the other. Got it. Um, And I, it's a very real thing, but I think sometimes it's like, Oh, poor you, you know, Oh, poor you you that you can pass like that kind of thing. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Right. It's, it's a little bit of that. And so I think it it ruffles feathers when you kind of complain technically complain about like Mm. nobody understands me kind of energy, but it's true Yeah, because you know, it is true. So it was a little bit of, that was what Chicago felt like to me. It was the first time I realized that like, Black and white are very different, mm-hmm. according to you know. If we're going to go one extreme to the other extreme, they're very they're different things. And I was like, oh, so I guess I'm you know I'm black when I have always just thought of myself as Nicole, which is mm-hmm. you know you can't you have to when when you get your fucking driver's license, they say what are you, and you mm-hmm. have to check one box. You can't check two, and they even yeah. tell you that because I tried, <laughs> and they were like, no. Did and you try like, to okay, check well, check black black and white? Yeah, and I would because I would never. I could never just check white. I have to check black. I mean, I want to, but it's Mm -hmm. like, it was a thing of where you have to pick one or the other. They were like, you can't pick both. And I feel like that's to me what Chicago felt like a little bit more of and doing comedy, working at second city, which I honestly love second city. I, I am only here because of second city. I don't think that I, I don't even know if I would be able to be performer professionally without second city. So I have to always say that, but when I was there, and I think they've gotten a little better recently only from being called out, they were very, um, you know, you're black. Why don't you talk about being black? Like, you're black and Jewish. Why don't you just talk about that? Otherwise, like, what is the point of you being <laughs> like, you know, like, if you're on stage and you're not talking about that, if you're not talking about how you're Hispanic or Latina or like, if you're not talking mm. about how you're, um, you know, Middle Eastern, then they didn't quite understand it. But like, mm-hmm. white people can just talk about, can just be funny. Yeah. But like, people of color had to be repping for the, you know, their race. Right. And so it was like a little bit of that kind of, you know, messes with your head too of like, I thought I was just funny or like, Mm -hmm. I thought I was just a performer. And now all of a sudden I have to be like a representation for you. And that was, so there was a lot of, it was a lot of that, a lot more of that than I've ever encountered in my life. And also being asked to rep for something that you, you know, didn't grow up with that all that much really. Well, that's what I was going to say is that being asked to represent something when you don't feel like you have those stories that you can easily access, I would think would feel pretty, this is, it's probably like, it's bad for me to even introduce this as this is not, not the same. I get that. But, um, when I was on the Adam Carolla show, I felt like Adam always wanted to make these very Jewish jokes and expected me, but I grew up without any Jewish identity, like none. So it was, I just always felt like, I know that I'm disappointing you the way I cannot hold up my end of this joke that this bit that you want to do, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, and, but also like no one really believes that I don't know it. Yeah. Like they think I'm hiding it and it's like, no, I like, I get that I'm Jewish, but I really like, I didn't grow up with that frame of reference. I also grew up in a, like, we don't see anything house. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So 
So it is not like, the same. But very much, no, I think it is the same because I'm I'm also Jewish. But I, whenever yeah. I say that, I say it like, be careful. Don't ask me anything. Because <laughs> I don't know. You know. Yes. Ask my, ask my aunt and uncle. Okay. They're probably doing some dinner right now. It's Friday. They're doing that thing that they do. You know, that's about dinner. <laughs> I don't do that. And like my cousin turned off his phone because it's Friday. I don't know what that means. But that's what yeah. he does. But it's like, it, it's that, it, it, it is, it is this, I do think it's the same. It's the same thing of where they see a thing, you know, a person mm-hmm. or a name or a, the face or whatever. And they say, be that thing that I yes. want you to be. Yes. And you're like, I'm putting I, you I'm, in a I'm box. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Because I like, I recently did a part, um, Jackie Neal was on my podcast as a guest host and I, we ran into one of those things and it was, I love Jackie's. It wasn't actually like, we didn't have an issue, but I'm saying like, he said, you know how black moms, da, 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 da. I was like, I don't have a black mom, dude. <laughs> you know? And I was like, I don't even know that. I don't even know what that means. Cause I don't have really black family members. And so I, we, I never had that growing up, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. You know, like it's one of those things where, um, yeah, it's because it's like, ha- yeah. How am I supposed to be the representative for, um, something I don't really have a lot of experience with. Right. And I feel, you know, I feel like I'm so glad that now, you know, I'm, I'm better about speaking up for, you know, black culture and for my black culture and better at embracing it and learning and being a part of that. I love it. But I, I do think it was kind of like, at first I was like, what, how am I, I don't know these, I, I don't know these things or I don't have these stories for you mm-hmm. or yeah, I don't have that, that thing that you want. I had to tell agents, you know, you know, like really look at me. Don't just send me out for things just because, you know, I fit the, I check the box, you know, mm-hmm. like really look at me and think like, is this her personality or not? Like, is it, I know I'm an actor, but I'm also like, you know, I'm only going to be able to do so much, but believably. So yeah. Right. It, it's interesting. It's an interesting, it's definitely huge in entertainment. It's not gotten any, it hasn't gotten a lot better. I really don't think, mm-hmm. I, I really think people are still pretty stereotyping of everyone. Yeah. I, I do think I, I keep it, the the moment of you trying to figure out which box to check on your driver's mm-hmm. license is so poignant to me mm-hmm. because it's like your truth is that you're both, but that you, yeah 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 and I think that um, I did like a I, I, we we I did we did the show in D.C. and I wrote a piece uh, that was part of the sketch where I went on this huge rant about having to check a box and how it's not fair da 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 and I would I did this would do this huge rant every night and people would like clap and it was nice and. And after the show, so many people of so all different types would come up to me and say, like, thank you so much for saying that because I'm this or that, but I, I don't feel, I don't, you know, want to just be boxed in because I think it's just, I don't know how it got that way. Maybe mm-hmm. it is entertainment. Just like this sad making every, like when people, um, I, I, I get asked this all the time. What are you? Because mm-hmm. I think when people meet me, they don't understand how to categorize me without knowing what I am first. And it's right. like, you don't need to know that. Just get to know me first, you yeah. know? So yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing that we, that like the culturally happens here that is frustrating for people, especially because it's like, there's no one's ever going to be like a man just is never going to just be a man. Like right. there's no such thing as a man. Everybody, everybody's different, mm-hmm. but they want people to be certain ideals of yeah. that thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it frustrating. Is interesting. I, I think, yeah. I feel like, uh, if if there was a scholar, a scholar of this kind of stuff here, I think like capitalism is part of it. Yeah. Although I can't at the moment figure out why, but I'm sure marketing it is. to people. Yeah. Well, marketing. Exactly. Yeah. Like everyone having their sort of utilitarian use in this culture is like you got to figure out well where does this person fit in, and then if someone's, you know, and I think you see that with non-binary people or you know, so like gender expression, expression or sexuality or anything where it's not like instantly understandable. Yep. People are just flummoxed by that. 
And they well, want it, was it like that, to be understandable. Yeah, it's like been like that with like bisexuality forever. I think all of this stuff is finally becoming a little bit more um, understood or just accepted or just dealt with. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where people are like, okay, fine. Um, because it's like not everything – it doesn't always have to be like I only sleep with this type of person or I only identify as this type of gender. It's It can it, – there is – there everything's a spectrum. Everything is fluid. Right. And people are allowed to – change as they grow or whatever, you know, it's, it's depressing to think that they would only be able to be a or B, not anything in between. Yes, I agree. Um, so I want to talk to you about the scroll down in a Mm -hmm. moment, but first you guys, doesn't it seem like the world's against us getting a good night's sleep this time of year? It's hot. (laughs) It's muggy. It's hot. It's muggy. Sometimes it smells a little funky. In LA, at least, there's weird light, which is like the smoke from the fires up in Sequoia, which is super far away. I don't know that that's interrupting my sleep, but I'm just saying there's a lot of things getting in the way of good. There's stuff to worry about. There's loud neighbors, cars, people snoring. But when you have a purple mattress, you can sleep cool and comfortable no matter what the world throws at you. That's because only purple mattresses have the grid. It's a unique ventilated design that allows air to flow through to help you sleep cool, even when it feels like a thousand degrees out. And I have a little sample of the grid, but my kids have it and they like to play with it. But if I had it here, it would be distracting because I would just be squishing it. Um, It is, it's just... You can see all the little channels that the air flows through. So unique and so comfortable. The grid is amazingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips, no matter how you sleep. Unlike memory foam, the grid bounces back as you move and shift, so you never get that I'm stuck feeling that you do with memory foam. Try your purple mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns. Financing is available, too. Purple is comfort reinvented. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash bestfriend10 and use promo code bestfriend10. That's purple.com slash bestfriend10, promo code bestfriend10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash bestfriend10, promo code bestfriend10. Terms apply. I also want to talk to you guys about Poshmark. Download the app. Get started. It is such a great way to sell stuff. You can clean out your closet. And I know around this time, we are all like wanting to uh, to Marie Kondo our lives or maybe not even go that far, but just that stuff that's been sitting there that you're like, I don't know what to do with this. Sell it on Poshmark. Make money or snag a great bargain. You can get so much great stuff on Poshmark. You can get Lululemon, Nike, Louis Vuitton for up to 70% off. There's tons of lightly used or brand new items with tags on Poshmark. Shop for your next event or vacation on Poshmark. Shipping is so fast and the app is so easy to use. Uh, but then also, so buying and selling Poshmark makes it so easy. You can you can set up a closet on Poshmark. You can keep adding stuff. Um, it's so fun because you get to practically shop for free with the money you make from the sales. Shopping on Poshmark is amazing because they have a ton of cool items and all the brands you can think of. So download that app. Listeners of Allison Rosen's New Best Friend get $10 off your first purchase. Just enter the invite code NEWBESTFRIEND10 when you sign up. That's invite code NEWBESTFRIEND10. Okay. So, Nicole, you co-host The Scroll Down with mm-hmm. Marcella, who has been a guest on this show. Um, oh, cool. And uh, 
and it's such a fun, good idea for an episode. How did you, how did it come about? It was literally, we had not known each other for very long. We met through Twitter and we were hanging out. We've hung out, like hung, had hung out like a couple times. And we found that every time we were hanging out, we ended up kind of talking about the same thing, which was the internet. And we were like, <laughs> you know, it was kind of almost like the conversation we just had of mm-hmm. where it was like, why does everybody always like have the same opinion on everything? Maybe, you know, somebody has a different opinion. They're just scared to share it. Yeah. Or why does this person do this all the time? Or why do, you know, why are they posting these dumb things? Or it was that kind of thing where we were just talking about, Twitter and the internet just in general. And we were like, we we were like, this would be fun to be a podcast, just like us talking shit on the internet. And so that's really, it just came from something as simple as that. And then we just pitched it. (laughs) I pitched it. Yeah. And so you guys have been doing it since July, right? Yeah, I think so. I feel like it's been, it's so crazy because we, I pitched it to HeadGum in November of 2020. Mm -hmm. So it's been a long time, but yeah, I think we started actually putting it out in July. Do you find that you are spending more time looking at social media now than you were before? It's weird because I feel like I'm kind of looking at it less in a weird way, which is not good necessarily, but it's, it's, (laughs) I'm just kind of trying to like, because I think the idea of the podcast that we, that I embrace is that we can look at it, but then it can kind of springboard us into bigger conversations Mm -hmm. because we're not just literally scrolling down. We're just talking about how, you know, different subjects kind of can become a conversation um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, it was weird because I did like take like, there were like two weeks maybe or more where I was not on Twitter very much at all. Just I didn't feel like it. I just yeah. was getting sick of it and I didn't have anything funny to say. So I'm like, why am I going to post some, you know, lukewarm takes on things that I don't care about? Everybody, I feel like there's this, people feel this need to always have a take on mm-hmm. everything. I don't because I don't care <laughs> that much. So I wasn't posting that much. And it was weird because doing the podcast, I would have to kind of tune in a little bit right before we would record and just kind of catch up on the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I did, I was like, Ugh. but um, it's been, <laughs> it's been, uh, so it's been good. It's, it's been good. I've, I've been tuned in, but just enough, not too much to like, to be totally plugged in. But during the pandemic, that's why, you know, during the pandemic, that's all we were doing was looking at the internet. So the height of the pandemic, I should say. So Marcella went to like, a meat bazaar or a meat fair or something. Do you remember Uh this? And she talked about eating this Kobe beef. (laughs) This just jumped out at me. It tasted just like, I swear she said it tasted just like, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm sure. I I don't know if I know. The tip of the dick dick was delicious. (laughs) (laughs) I literally am like, I don't know. Did she say it on the podcast or did she just say that? Yeah, no, she said it on the podcast. And I was just thinking, Either you're tasting dick or eating meat differently than I do. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, maybe like, what would it? Well, yeah, why is she tasting a spicy dick? Maybe or something a seasoned dick. I'm <laughs> saying that's probably sweaty, and maybe the man need to take a shower. <laughs> but uh, but I think all yeah, I'm like she always says the craziest stuff, and it's hilarious. I'm like I don't know where that's coming from. I'm guessing texture wise, maybe. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to think of how would the beef be uh, like that, right? Um, but yeah, she she's crazy. She says the craziest. We're such very different people. And so that's part of the reason why that podcast is fun and weird because we like, I would never think to say that obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know that I, I can't, I didn't even remember her saying that. And I knew that's what she had said before <laughs> that. Yeah. And then also you shared, I think what you refer to as a spicy take, and this one is steaming hot that Shit's Creek didn't really speak to you. Oh, 
This is the last episode you listened to. Okay. Yeah. The last episode was funny too, actually, because the last episode we did of the podcast, we, neither one of us had been on the internet like at right. all the week before. Because you've been living we your lives. Yeah. And we were both like not interested at all in talking about the internet. So we just kind of started talking. It was pretty fun. Um, yeah. I don't really like Shit's Creek, but you know what? I don't, I probably didn't give it enough of a chance. Um, and my spicy take that I shouldn't keep sharing because it's not very nice because I don't really love Canadian comedy. <laughs> They're going to come for you. They I think I have a lot of I have a lot of Canadian listeners. It's not that I don't like Canadian people. It's not that I don't like Canada. It's not that I don't like I love everything about Canada. I just personally accept their art. Except their art. <laughs> their art is trash. And I'm just like, just kidding, Canada. <laughs> um no, it's just like I just I have a thing with with just in general comedy that I feel like is cute or clean. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think a lot of Canadian, let me just say Shit's Creek. So I'm not doing too much. I, I don't want to do too much. I don't want the Canadians coming for me. Okay. I have a lot of Canadian friends. Um, I, I think that it just, to me, when I was watching it, it felt like too clean, too cute. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like a, it didn't feel like a single cam comedy in some ways. And I, I only watched probably part of the first season. I don't know if I even watched the whole thing. Yeah. And as Marcella said, so. and I agree, it really picks up in the second season. I yeah. had given it a shot. Um, I'd given it a shot and I was like, I don't, it didn't, I didn't feel the need to keep watching. And then in the pandemic, I think, or maybe before, but at some point I started again. I was like, oh, I really like this. And I feel like the first, it takes a little while to sort of become what it is. But anyway, but, but you said, or maybe Marcella said, so one that you guys were talking about, like, will you leave this in or will you cut it out? (laughs) You just, you decided to leave it in, but it made me wonder how much are you, how much stuff are you cutting? How many spicy takes are hitting the podcast room floor? Well, let's just say, okay, I don't have a lot of spicy takes. The reason why she said that is because, um, I don't like to be mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the polar opposite of her. She loves it. She gets off on being mean. She fucking loves it. And she would love me saying this, but I don't really enjoy anything that feels like it's, kind of like trashing any particular uh-huh. person or group or anything and 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 or even like you know we'll talk about entertainment industry things and we'll kind of make fun of certain things but I also don't even like to go too hard on that because Got I'm like it. you know listen people people put in work to do this stuff like they're trying to be you know they're trying to do good stuff but um so I think it was that and then also uh there are, we there are times where I cut a lot out because I if she if I think Okay, to just be perfectly honest, if I think she's being too mean, I will be like, we gotta cut. I'm not putting that in there because I'm, I'm not, because I don't like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna hurt people's feelings. <laughs> I think that's nice. Yeah. Yes. Maybe we'll like do a Patreon or something with yeah. all the mean takes. <laughs> I'm the same way, but like imagine, yeah. I imagine it being more like her. Like yeah. how, what, what is the saddest, this sounds like I'm being mean to her and I'm not trying to. I'm just wondering, like, if if you are someone who gets joy from being mean, what's sort of the rationale? Does she just feel like people have it coming and she's speaking the truth? Or what's the what do you think? I think it's a lot of, yeah, like a lot of truth speaking. I don't really know. That's a hard one for me to answer because I don't know where it comes from. But I I think it is a lot of like in her mind truth. I don't think it's always true because I don't think it's always true what she's saying. But I think that it's just like she tells it like it is, is the kind of energy. Right. Um. I, and I, I'm very on, but I'm, the thing is, I'm very honest. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not afraid to be honest, but I'm going to be honest in a way that's maybe going to be a little, uh, more digestible, you know, maybe more a Kobe beef dick tip (laughs) than, (laughs) 
<laughs> type of texture than she's more of a, a sirloin. She's like a very, you know, uh, gamey meat and I'm not. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's just that. I think that's what it is, and I, I, I don't know. But her fans, like, they love that. I don't yeah. know. It's, well, it's always it's yeah, very she, funny. Yeah. Well, she does it with a wink, you know. For yeah. the most part, she does it with a wink, and I think that helps. I think if she was just a mean person, then people would be like, "Oh my god!" But she's always kind of like, she's like still on your side, mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? Right. So yeah, that's. But that's we don't cut. We don't cut a ton out. But we. But I will sometimes be like, I don't like that I said that. Can we cut that out? You know, because yeah. I get, I get, it's not, because it's not like I don't, I don't have takes that are going to get me canceled or anything like that or in big trouble, but I just, I just like to make sure that I'm not making anybody feel, uh, what's the word, uh, isolated or out, like, you know, oh, I, I liked Nicole. And then she said she didn't like Canadian comedy. So now I don't like Nicole. And that makes me right. feel bad. So I'm like, I won't, you know, it's true, but I don't want them to know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have a just me or everyone? Oh yeah, let me let me look at what I wrote down because I'm not okay. sure. Oh yeah, I have one. Okay. All right. Tony, let's do it. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Let's Am hear I supposed it. to just go? Okay, yep. it's a short one, but it's like Something that I noticed that I do is I Google every thought that yes. I have. Like, in a, I always think about if I was murdered or like if I died, <laughs> please, like, please God, someone just take my computer and burn it because I, I don't want them to find all the things I Google. Not because it's like nasty, weird stuff, but because it's literally like this poor girl. What's wrong with her? Why is she Googling <laughs> everything? I'll Google every thought, every interaction. Like, I'll be like, I said hi, and she looked at me like I was crazy, but then she was really nice to me. And then I'll Google that. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason I do it, too, is because um, there's always someone that has Googled my thought. Like, there's yeah. never alone. <laughs> right. You know? It's the ultimate so, yeah. just me or everyone. Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so, right? Like, is it just yeah. me? And then you look and you, yeah, and you Google it and you realize, no, everyone has a thought. Or at least yeah. somebody's had it because or somebody Googled it before. Because someone posted it on Reddit or Quora. Um, yeah. Yes, I I don't do that constantly, but I do get into phases where I do that. Like yeah. I'll just lie in bed on my phone, googling stuff, or at the computer. That's um, what I was going to ask if it keeps you up, because that's what I will do. Yes. So I'll be laying there and then suddenly have just the dumbest thought, and there's no chance in hell I'm going to sleep until I I have to Google it first. Yes! Yeah. Oh my god, to- I was lately I've been really bad about that, and I don't know why. One night I drank coffee, maybe that was why. But I was up at like three or four in the morning, just like. Googling everything. Yesterday, my therapist said I was like an in, an empathic, intuitive person or something. And I was like, what does that mean? Intuitive? Like, just like moments where things <laughs> yes. where people say to me and then all of a sudden I start thinking about it. But yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> and then I'm also like a, an anxious dater. <laughs> so if I'm ever dating, I'm always like, oh God, what, is, what did this thing that he said mean? What does this mean? What does that mean? I can't. I just I go crazy. But it helps me somehow. So I just always wonder – do other people do that as much as I do? Because it's, I'm glad that you do it, Tony, too. Because it's like, yeah. I go, I'm just like, my brain needs someone mm-hmm. else. And also it's like, you can't just text your friends all the time about every thought you have. They'll kill right. you. Like they'll hate you. And so you have to find a different friend and Google is my friend. Yeah. Yes. I don't think you're alone there. I, I fell that. asleep last, I don't know what I was reading. What was I reading? It was something where I was like, I can't wait to get into bed and Google that. 
<laughs> so, and but then I fell asleep when I dropped the phone on myself. So I like cut myself off because I was mm-hmm. that sleepy. Oh yeah. Oh, I wish. I wonder if I can. Okay. Yeah. I had a realization the other day of this type of thing where I realized how often I do this of Googling things that I tell maybe uh, maybe you've done this where then you do it so often it beca- it's like a reflex. And then every now and then maybe you'll think about something and your instinct is to Google it. And you're like, wait a minute, that's not I can't Google what type of car my grandma used to drive. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes. But then I would probably try it. I would be like, big black like car with this random thing on it. And you yeah. find it. I'm telling you what you <laughs> Like, do you like I have it like where it's like, oh, I don't know if you can see it, but when Oh yeah. How do I get the computer to see it? But like when hold, you have, I think oh, if you hold so your many... hand behind it, like when people do makeup tutorials. Oh. Oh. But when, Maybe the, not. when there's like a million oh that's not even the right. But there's like a million windows open. You oh can yeah, see. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's because that's just when I just open up my thing to Google something and they're just all in there on my phone. So there's so many windows open. My phone did told me recently that I could not open anymore because I had <sighs> so many lot. of those. Yeah, that's I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely done that, but it's been a hot minute. But yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. I watch, um, you know, like watching TikToks. Like the other day, someone's, they say so many uh, phrases on TikTok that I don't know, like comp het. Have you ever heard the phrase comp het? No, what it's is called that? Com- compulsory heterosexuality oh. it's kind of like the theory that heterosexuality is assumed on women and i was like i have never heard that in my life uh and anyway i just google everything i'm trying to think of what else. i'm trying to like you know sh- anything i see any literally every every thought how to pronounce time because i was doing a joke on twitter <laughs> oh i liked your joke <laughs> thank you um, but yeah anything it's just crazy i probably how much time do you spend on tiktok maybe i need to get on tiktok so i know what's going on in the world I, I'll go in phases because it'll be like every day at night. The problem is with TikTok, you can easily, you can put in a, you can put in three hours easily to yes, me, like just straight watching it. And I was going through like this phase like a couple weeks ago where I was just in a bad mood. Like the last apartment that I was staying in in New York was very humid and humidity mm-hmm. just makes me feel a little crazy. So I was like kind of just grumpy. And so I would look at TikToks and cause it would put me in a better mood. And, um, I was watching them a lot, like movies almost, like at the end of the day. But there's so much. It's just, it's funny. It's fun. It's also another one where you see uh, TikToks where you're like, oh my gosh, I thought that was, I was the only person that did that. But then this TikTok said that people do this. Right. And everybody's responding like, I do this too. And so it's kind of fun in that way. And then you also, like the kids are teaching us about weird phrases, weird things see, that I, I never heard of like before. That. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think I need to get on there. Tony, are you on TikTok? Mm-mm. I technically started an account years ago and then I like, like when it was pretty new, I was mm-hmm, like, I'll yeah. check this out. And then it immediately confused me and made me feel old. I, uh, I'll see, yeah. you know, a lot of it ends up on Instagram or Twitter. So I'll, I'll see them there, but yeah, I don't go yeah. to actual TikTok. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I started one and then I've made like four TikToks, but I, I barely have any followers on there and I just, lurk and i think it's so much more fun that way because instagram and twitter are too loud too many mm-hmm. people on there now so it's like I, I mean i have followers which is like that's nice but i don't want, sometimes i'm like i just want it to be quiet so i'll be quietly watching tiktoks of other people that other people made and not have to worry about my own stuff at all and it's great <laughs> all right that's what i'm gonna do mm-hmm. um what is this is that an actual television behind you that i'm looking at on that this little thing? table yeah no that's a radio Oh, it's like an old school radio. 
Yeah. But is it like an actual old radio or is it new made to look old? I have a feeling it's probably new made to look old. I don't know. This is my friend's apartment and it's very cool. She has cool. She has a lot of cool stuff. There's also, you can't see it, but right next to that, you see where right next to it, that is a bat in formaldehyde. Oh, <laughs> okay. Not as cool as the radio. It scared the shit out of me the first day I saw it. I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. I do not like when people have things. I'm trying to think of like the general overall of this. Cause a friend of mine has, a mouse or a bat like that's framed up on her wall and I feel like it has significance and and she might hear this and I love you and your art but (laughs) I am creeped out by things like that yeah I don't need to live in the mutter museum no absolutely not it's a no for me as well and especially a bat in like liquid I got very freaked out by it bats just freak me out in general too though like rats bats snakes Mm -hmm. The creepers. Yeah. I fell in love. There was this baby rat named Drac that uh, was like hand nursed. And there were video. This is before TikTok. But I was it. It probably was Instagram or it was just like a video traveling around the Internet. And there was this jubilant music behind the bat, like drinking sugar water and rocking back and forth. And I kind of fell in love with Drac. But in general, I think if I found a bat in my house in a jar or not, I would be freaked out. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, yeah, that's when I see those videos of when people like birds or bats fly into people's mm-hmm. houses and they're trying to get it out. I would, I don't even know what I would do. She, the g- woman who lives here, she's in Panama right now. And she uh, was, she posted this video on Instagram yesterday of a little lizard that crawled into her room where she's oh. staying. This big, tiny, yeah. tiny lizard crawled onto her foot. And was just, and she was, and she didn't, she posted a video of the lizard just on her foot. And she's like, he just crawled on me when I was in bed. I was like, okay, we are different people because I would die. I would not be able to handle it. Even if it's just a little tiny, tiny thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Allie Ward is often posting videos of insects in or on her hands. And Mm -hmm. that is not me either. I would absolutely freak out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think feel it's like, I always imagine. I always like imagine that a, a you know a little rat might be crawling around. So then, if one really, one really was, or like a bug, if you feel an itch on your arm, right. you think it's a bug. And then when there randomly is an actual bug on your arm, that freaks me out. So I really much. want to be someone though who's like we're all creatures sharing the earth at the same time. Like, oh look, one a, a creature on my shoulder, a creature under my desk. But I can't get there. But I want to. No. I can't either. That's why I'm like my with people with like I keep saying, but birds for some reason bird type of things when they're just floating around. I wish I could be a chill person, but I'm not. It's not ever going to happen for me either. It's too much. So a bird in your apartment would be just as bad as a a rodent because for me that's different. Oh, yeah. I think so. A bird like not a domesticated bird, but if one just flew in, yeah. I did have a really huge moth that looked like a bird once, and I. Thought don't I like that. Die. It was not okay. It was the <laughs> grossest thing I've ever seen. But yeah, no, I don't do I don't do f- the quick flying around the room thing. That scares me. <laughs> <laughs> I am with you, um, Nicole. It was so nice having you on the show. Thank you yes, so much for, for making me. time to do this. I want to remind everyone that I'm on Patreon. 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 Patreon.com/slash hey. Allison Rosen. 
I just had Jenna Kim Jones on the friend zone and that is available uh, audio and video. And by the time you hear this, that will be up. Um, So you get bonus episodes of the friend zone uh, videos of the Thursday show. There's love where you can text me and I'll text you back. Um, Zoom parties. I'm overdue for having a zoom party. The backstory, which is, is behind the scenes info about the, how the Monday shows came about. Oh, and if you subscribe for a year for an annual subscription, you get two months off. So it's 12 months for the price of 10. Tony, I'm waiting for you to play the the drop that you always play oh. that always throws me off a tiny bit, and you didn't. Ah, <laughs> I always I always think of the the you know the drop some more much more of a Thursday show thing. But here you go. <laughs> That's a good deal. Thank good you. Deal. <laughs> uh, and um, this video will be on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Allison Rosen. And if you like what you hear, please make sure you're. You know what? Even if you don't like what you hear, I'm tired of being so conditional about it. No matter what, please make sure you're subscribed. Or, or following or whatever the language is in your app of choice. Leave us a nice comment on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show. It helps people. F- and tell people. Tell people you know about the show. Um, and uh, Nicole, uh, plug whatever you'd like to plug. Tell people where they can find you, et cetera. Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nicole Thurman. And I'm Nicole with two C's. Uh, uh, listen to the scroll down wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we come out with a new episode every Thursday. It's very fun. Uh, watch Jellystone on HBO. I do voices on that show, and that's enough. I think those are good plugs. That's good. <laughs> Tony, what about you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton, and my podcast Bizarre Albums every Tuesday. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for now. Thank you so much for being on the show, everyone. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen.